Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good afternoon. This is Michael Vandervoort uh, coming to you, surprisingly enough, having uh, living through a power outage here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I live. And it is September 22nd of 2023. And haven't done a show in a little while. But Robin, it's good to see your smiley face on the on the video that will never be seen by anybody. But how are you doing today? <laughs> Yeah, right. I, I I love the video to record, but not to share with the world. Uh, I am good. And uh, you've been without power. And uh, here in South Louisiana, we have just been sweating for about a week now in high, high, high heat, high humidity and yeah, all we had, that. We had the uh, solstice, I guess, yesterday, right? Longest day, yeah. of, the yeah. longest day of the summer. And now we're headed into like, a, you know, yeah, it's weird to me that it's June, but anyway, yeah, it's it's summer, and anyway, our, we're we don't want to talk about weather or the 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 hot states that we live in, so we'll switch over and invite our guest into the conversation. So today we have Will Will Rose with us from Talent Select AI. Will, welcome to Drive Through HR. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. Great, glad to hear it. Um, I'll I'll just kind of tee up a little will will has been a little bit under the weather so his, uh if his voice sounds a little gravelly or whatever bear bear with us but hopefully that that he he's on the on the back side of that but uh we but delayed once and um will tell us about yourself introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us about talent select ai and what you guys do yeah great yeah thank you uh well i'm the my name is will rose i'm the chief technology and product officer at talent select ai um, I personally been in uh, working in tech for about 17 years and been with the company since 2019. Um, so we provide basically psychometric insights uh, like personality traits, motivational traits, workplace relevant skills about job candidates. And we accomplish this by analyzing job interviews. Uh, so there's no traditional tests or assessments involved. Um, like traditional personality tests. I, I remember the my first job out of college uh, way, way back. Um, I, I remember it was with the big telecom company. And after I uh, passed the interviews, I had to take a 45-minute personality assessment. So our company is able to provide you know, the same type of insights, but without those tests. Well, um, before, before we jump to Robin, um... So where where does the AI piece come in and and all of that? You you so you do you do recording or I, like I, I'm curious about the process. Like if like if sure. you were doing an interview, can you just kind of tell us how that works in general? Yeah, and especially in in this post COVID era, uh, a lot of things are are done over Zoom, like we're discussing uh, right mm -hmm. now. And so a lot of job interviewing these days are happening digitally, whether that is in a live video format. Um, uh, like we're doing right now, or um, in uh, what's referred to as an asynchronous format. So, uh, and this is becoming very, very popular, especially for as a screening tool. Um, you'll call in usually using your smartphone. Uh, a recording will ask you questions. You'll answer each question that's recorded. Um, and this is becoming uh, more and more common practice, especially with larger organizations for 
uh, particularly for uh, high volume positions. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of interview content, job interview content that is being captured over video or audio in some manner. And so what we're able to do is analyze that recording, whether that is a video or an audio only, um, and uh, produce these insights based on the words that the candidates use in their interview. Um, it is important to point out is that we're not interview, uh, we're not actually analyzing the video itself or how you're speaking, like your voice inflection or accent. None of that is being factored in. We're just looking at the words that are being used um, to produce these these insights. So the AI is able to do this in a in a you know um, through an algorithm in an automatic way. So you know they can be produced quickly. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, um, you know companies have been um, using psychometric insights as part of hiring for many many years, many decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's nothing new, but what's new is, and, and what we're doing is, uh, able to provide that without that extra step. Um, and there's actually a, a long history of, uh, research behind understanding personality, emotions, and things like that through the words that you use. And we've taken that, um, long history of research and really focused it around the job interview, um, uh, format. And uh, our company, w- which has been around for uh, a few years now, um, ha- it started as a digital interviewing company. So we've had the privilege of being able to, uh, you know, train and build our AI off, um, you know, millions of job interviews that we've hmm. have analyzed over the years. So, uh, you know, in a nutshell, that's, that's you know, on a high level, how the AI works and in, in what we do. Okay, cool. Robin? Yeah. yeah. So you know what's uh, what's so interesting to me, and, and I kind of want to dive into uh, some general kind of AI understanding, right, for, mm-hmm. for our audience, because of course we have been talking about it in the HR world and and the world of PA, you know, forever, right? Every right. every AI AI, right? Go to HR tech conference. It's it's been on booths and whatnot forever. Um, and, and I think the level of understanding was always a hurdle for a lot of practitioners and a lot of HR and TA professionals. Um, and, and I think people were just really waiting for it to, to come to fruition a little bit, right? You know, I here's a general concept of natural language processing, but I'm not going to worry about it until I, I actually can understand it. And I think that the chat GPTification over the last six months, we've got this understanding now trickling out to people. Um, where is, you know, you've been immersed in it forever. So where is artificial intelligence AI right now, um, other than it's been on a rocket ship since, you know, last whatever, October, whenever Chet right. he kind of first came out. But you know where where is it now? Where where is it going? How fast are things moving? That have that have been kind of slow rolling to some degree for a while. Yeah, that's that's a great question. I think um, you know ChatGPT and and what I would refer to as generative AI, which um, yeah. ChatGPT is one form of it. Um, other forms would be AI that can produce like images. Um, and uh, and you know anything that can AI that can be creative, right? Just mm-hmm. and that's the generative AI is really what has captured everyone's yep. attention over the past several months. 
And it is, and it's pretty exciting. The potential is pretty exciting. It's also some aspects of it that are a little bit scary, right? Be what are the implications for, for the workplace, for the world in general. Um, and so, you know, and I think, I think it's important, especially for those of us in, in, you know, in the business world um, to understand kind of, there's a distinction between types of AI. There's the generative AI, which is the really exciting, you know, a creative form of AI. And then there's more of a, what I would call transactional AI, you know, um, AI that is there to, um, you know, to produce efficiencies or um, to provide insights or analytics um, and, um, and are, are kind of not there to replace humans, but to enhance what um, you're already doing or making things more efficient. And um, so I think that's an important distinction because mm -hmm. um, it's easy mm -hmm. to think of generative AI as, as kind of the only thing that AI uh, really is. Um, and I think generative AI and chat GPT and those type of tools, we're still a little early on. Um, there's still a lot of progress that needs to be made. Uh, you know, a classic example, and most people have encountered this uh, with ChatGPT and these other large language model type tools, is that um, there's some issues with accuracy, right? And so yeah. that's a little scary to people. And when you're thinking about um, applying a tool like that in HR or in talent acquisition, um, that becomes even scarier, right? Because there's there's a lot of implications. These are people's lives that we're, that we're dealing with. So, um, you know, you want to be able to trust the AI you're you're working on. So there are some safer areas that um, you're going to start seeing that type of AI being applied. And it might be a little bit yeah. more time before you start seeing that in other more um, sensitive areas, uh, like talent acquisition. Um, but within talent acquisition, I think we're, we're going to see more and more tools emerge, both generative and, and transactional types. Um, I think, you know, some really interesting areas, and it's all, at, it's all stages of talent acquisition, from the sourcing, how we source candidates into how we hire and onboard new hires, you're going to mm -hmm. see AI tools address very specific pieces of that. Um, I think, you know, very interesting um, uh, developments in, in the past couple of years has been the candidate sourcing tools. Um, so, yeah. you know, we've been so, um, uh, you know, the TA world has been, um, you know, counting on things like job boards and other ways to, you know, Indeeds and LinkedIn's to post and, and, and let people know in the world that a, um, an opening exists, but now AI is going to help us be a little bit proactive and really find the right candidates quicker and, um, and allow recruiters um, and uh, similar professionals be able to, um, to, you know, to fill those roles a little bit faster and more efficiently. Um, but then there's the, um, there's then that engagement um, process, you know, communicating, we're seeing more and more chat bot type, HR tools emerge. Yep. Um, so when you encounter and, and you're and you're trying to recruit um, a potential candidate, uh, you're going to see a lot more AI tools doing the interactions during that process, answering questions that the um, candidate might have, or ensuring that the workflow of okay, um, you know, this is the information we're going to need from you. This is the application. These are the next steps. All that will be fairly automated through the various AI tools or similar tools. And I see all that is is making um, the recruiter or talent acquisition professional's job much easier and much mm -hmm. more scalable, right? And so none of these tools I see here as completely replacing the need for a talent acquisition person. Yeah. Uh, but it is going to be able to uh, allow them to do much more um, in a, um, a shorter amount of time. And then that's, you know, that's similar to the stage of the hiring process that 
Talent Select AI is in, in the actual selection process. Um, uh, you know, we're, we're in the business of providing more insights that, um, you know, talent acquisition professionals and recruiters and um, hiring managers can use to make more informed decisions faster, right? And I mentioned in particular, we take an extra step out of the process, you know, that, that traditional test or assessment. That's a huge time saver. Um, our tool is actually more accurate um, than a lot of these traditional tests. And, um, uh, and I should probably back that up without just making that statement. Um, hmm. So I mentioned when, um, when I took that, that personality test right out of college, um, and a lot of people have taken these similar type of personality assessments where it's kind of, you're kind of self-rating everything. You know, scale of one to 10, how would you rate yourself on this? And, um, and and I know I remember my experience is that I wasn't really answering based on, you know, being fully honest, right? I was, uh, I was like, oh, what is the company looking for, right? Exactly. What are, so, and, and I, you know, I don't, I don't think that's bad. I think that's pretty normal, right? Because I really wanted the job. I'm right out of college. I wanted a good career. And so I answered it in a way that was, you know, what I consider a balance between truth and what they were probably looking for, right? So for that reason, uh, some of these traditional assessments aren't as accurate as we'd like them to be. Well, since our tool is analyzing the words and language you're using, it's, um, you, you, you can't game the system that way, right? So you're getting a more accurate reflection of what you're doing. And so that's, that's some of the benefits of what AI is doing, right? They're, they're finding different ways to gather and process information. Uh, a little bit more efficiently and faster. So um, that's just one example. There's a lot of AI tools uh, that are emerging that are doing similar things or doing um, um, taking processes that are very manual and making them uh, very efficient. So, you know, as a whole, I think, you know, over the next few years, I think we're going to see even more of a transformation in the whole uh, hiring process. And to me, I think that's exciting. And I think, you know, Talent acquisition professionals are going to have a lot of great and exciting tools at their hands uh, pretty quickly here. Yes. So I'm, I wanted to follow up on that, the talent acquisition, the impact on the talent acquisition uh, practitioner, if you will, for a minute. So I've been playing with ChatGPT and some and many other tools mid-journey, some of the image creative, you know, you mentioned the ones that create images and stuff. And yeah, you like you like those picture ones for a long yeah. time already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I use them on my I use them. They they make, you know, you don't have to go find a, a stolen image from somebody else or whatever, right? You can make your own. Um, no, they it it just um, but it but like I guess. I think Robert and I both have the same kind of personality trait where we are fascinated with the shiny object technology thing. She's much more into HR tech world than I am, but I love technology. And, you know, I, I it, like I run towards it. You know, my personal trait is to run towards it and figure out how it can make my job better or how it can yeah. be to hurt a company and stuff like that. And, I, you know, and not everybody has that same feeling. Right. So, I, you know, you see I've seen these uh, talent acquisition board discussions about you know, AI is going to replace us or it's going to, you know, in a year where there won't be any recruiters or, you know, everything's, everything's being funneled through the, the ATS and it's going to a chat, but, you know, and I guess like, I know you're not a, a, like a subject matter expert on that, but, but, but like, what do you see right now living in sort of like, uh, you know, as in one area of the, of that broad universe, what do you see the impact and how do you see the reception of it, it, it the, re, the reception of the technology or the adoption of the technology? Yeah, and I, I certainly uh, see the concern uh, with, um, you know, the, the AI technologies kind of overtaking 
um, jobs that were, you know, formerly held by by people. Um, and I, I do think that's going to happen in some areas, um, not necessarily in HR talent acquisition. I, I do think out of, you know, in the, you know, when you're looking at an organization, um, if there's one area where you want a personal touch and um, human interaction, you know, that's the area, at least I'm going to choose as a mm -hmm. person in business. So I think, you know, the trend there is going to be uh, efficiency, not replacement. Um, that doesn't mean that an organization won't need fewer resources than they might have because they have more, you know, because they're more efficient. Um, but, um, you know, I do think that is one area that um, organizations are going to count on um, human practitioners um, to uh, to really lead uh, those processes. Um, you know, that is that is my view on it. And I think, um, you know, it's hard to see a decade, two decades down the road and how, you know, new developments and new technologies might, might come up. But, um, you know, uh, you know, I think that's what the trend is going to be. It's really going to be leaning on efficiencies and, um, and scalability. For, I think, I think that like one, one thing you mentioned, or at least I, at least I, I, I heard, this is what I thought I heard you say is that like, for example, like just say in, in, in the applicant application process or in the even in the onboarding process, you might interact with a bot for some of those very basic transactional things where they say, you know, you to answer qu basic questions or to lead you through some policy stuff. You might interact more with a chat bot versus like a person, but somebody's still going to have to be leading that person. You know, right, absolutely. Kind of what you're saying. So the efficiencies would come from the application of of putting that technology to work in certain um, certain phases, but it wouldn't, you don't see it replacing a person. Right, right, exactly. And um, in those are areas, and if you would, you know, if you speak to a talent acquisition professional, um, you know, those are the areas that are, you know, bogging the job down, right? Um, and that probably areas that every, most people would agree that probably should be streamlined, right? Um, you know, so instead of focusing on answering, you know, repetitive questions that, you know, are, are kind of time consuming, uh, let's let's let a bot take care of that, and let me spend my time spending quality time with the applicant um, to do actual recruitment and get them through the door. Um, you know, for someone like myself in tech, which you know, for, at least for the past decade, has been a very very competitive in terms of um, trying to seek and and get talent. Um, you know, I know for me, if I if uh, if I was going through a hiring process with a company and I was not interacting with with humans, um, that would be a red flag. I, I don't mm -hmm. know if I would, I would choose that company over another one that had a, a more personal touch. So I, I, I don't see that changing anytime soon. And I think uh, most organizations uh, would agree with that and um, are going to choose tools and methods that are simply going to enhance the process um, and not, and not take out that human element. Gotcha. We're, we're about, uh, this is fascinating, by the way, and we're, we're moving slowly through the questions. We're about halfway through the, the interview, so we're going to, we don't necessarily have to rush, but sure. just, a, just a place where we're at. So this is uh, drive through HR. Michael and Robin are uh, spending some time talking AI and talent uh, acquisition with our guest, Will Rose. So just a quick reset for those that are you know listening in. And uh, Robin, I think you got the next question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So I want to talk regulations and, uh, around this technology, around our robot overlords, if you will. 
Um, and, you know, what part that plays? Of course, in the EU, you know, they have a, the AI Act. Um, in the U.S., the EEOC is, you know, announced recently they want to increase oversight and scrutiny of AI tools that are used in hiring. And, and you know, th those of us that, that deal with New York, we know New York City just recently enacted um, um, a local law uh, about the use of AI in hiring. Um, what What's on the horizon? What kinds of regulations um, or how many regulations do you think are headed our way? And kind of how is that going to, to fall out? And, and I guess, especially from the, the you know the the tech builder side the creation side what what does that make you mindful of yeah i, I think the new york city law the new new york city law which i believe takes starts uh, effect uh, next month early next month I, I think that is going to be a model that a lot of other um states and potentially cities are are going to um follow on and i know there's some other pending uh, uh, regulations in in like California and I believe Virginia, um, but I think the 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 core tenets of the New York City law are are important, and I think we're going to see that um, nationally in in over the next uh, few years. Um, so I you know I give New York City credit for for sparking this and kind of pushing this forward um, to get you know everyone else thinking about this, and so for the industry. It's important for us to understand that we're building solutions that are going to meet, you know, potentially future future guidelines. And I know, you know, in the tech world in general has, um, you know, never been in love with regulations. But I think because we're dealing with, you know, people's livelihoods with their jobs and careers, um, this is important. And, um, you know, so just to kind of summarize what I think are the important aspects of the New York City rule, um, you know, it it requires that. Um, companies notify candidates that an automated system is being used. And I think yeah. that transparency is important. Yeah. Um, it, it also requires that uh, companies have an independent auditor or auditors check the technology, audit the technology, you know, annually or, or on a regular basis um, and make that audit publicly available, which I think is interesting and an important point. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's then the third part is there's some aspects of candidates being able to understand what data is being collected and how that's being analyzed. Right. Um, so uh, so I think those kind of three key tenants are, are very important. Um, and, um, you know, I think probably the most important out of all that is this requirement to have independent auditors check the technology. Um, the company should already be doing that, but, you know, ensuring that um, anyone using these tools is in fact having that. And I like the idea of making that publicly available um, for the, for transparency reasons um, is important. So, um, you know, that, that helps kind of push the, the, uh, the cause of ensuring we don't have bias tools kind of infiltrated into our hiring processes. Um, uh, but that can happen easily. There's a lot of famous examples in the past. Um, a very famous example was uh, uh, instance with um, an algorithm that uh, Amazon used mm -hmm. internally mm -hmm. for hiring. Yep. yep. Um, and it, it trained itself to be biased against women and it happened pretty quickly, right? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, you would need checks and balances in place to ensure that doesn't happen. 
Um, and so I, I think these kind of regulations are important. And, and like I said, I, I really think we're going to see uh, possibly a, a federal rule on this um, and not too distant future, but certainly at the state level, I think it's going to be uh, rolling out uh, pretty rapidly over the next couple mm -hmm. of years. Yeah, and it's it's East Coast now, so that means California will probably probably or somewhere out there will probably take the lead on the West Coast, and then right. it'll move in. Um, and then meet in the middle eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the in the flyover states, right? Um, I'm gonna. I think we covered. Uh, we're gonna change the order up a little bit on you, Will. If you're if you're following the questions that we sent ahead, because I think we covered some of the next questions. So, and and I think also what the that uh, the question I'm gonna ask in a second kind of follows on to what you just said pretty pretty well as well. Um, but but just, I, I just wanted to add one. I was just reading an article this morning about EU. Robin mentioned the EU, um, a group that I am a part. Part of participant in from time to time over there of employee relations professionals is talking over there about a third wave of regulations coming in and a lot of it is driven by by uh, AI and the fear of you know that like they're they're get they want to be very proactive and out in front of it both the replacement the loss of jobs and also the use of the confidentiality of it so there's a yeah. there's a lot more uh, if you if you practice in that part of the world there's a lot more. Um, potential regulation coming your way sooner probably than there is in the U.S., although the U.S., to Robin's point earlier, the government, the Biden administration, it just held a, a or it just announced that they're going to do a listening call um, with a, a wide variety of parties of interest or stakeholders, if you will, about AI and its potential impacts on workplace and that kind of thing. So this is an issue that, that HR is going to be grappling with. I know it, that seems like a very obvious statement, but it's there's a lot behind it. And if, 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 even if you think it's not right up in front of you right now, it's definitely something you should be paying attention to because lots of other folks are. Um, I wanted to swing back to the specific, specific question, Will, which is talking about bias. Um, you mentioned the Amazon uh, example, and even I, I saw something just last week, uh, a chat GPT, where somebody published uh, some prompts where, depending upon how you ask the question, like if you said, tell, you know, help me select, I'm making this up, this isn't what they said, but it helped me select uh, the traits of a, of a good female leader. And then asked the same question with a male leader, and they were radically. Oh, I different. saw that. Yeah, radically different. Um, right. You know, and and so there's bias even in these things that you know that are yeah. And so it's a huge issue. How do you guys deal with it, and how does your tool specifically help with it? Because I think that's one of the things, not just your tool, but in general, that's one of the things that scare people about trusting this, right? So you said millions of interviews have trained, but how do you guys keep bias out, and what kind of issues do you see? Um, for the industry in general as well. Yeah, I, I think bias is is definitely, um, you know, going to be a major issue and talking point around these types of tools for a while, right? And I think there needs to be a lot of diligence and and being on top of that so we don't have a repeat of, you know, like that Amazon example, mm -hmm. especially across, you know, um, vendors that are supporting, you know, many, many uh, companies. Um, so, uh, just to kind of lay a framework here. So when we're talking about bias, there's there's kind of two ways I, I look at it. Uh, one, there's the like kind of the scientific uh, definition of what we talk about bias. And then there's kind of the layperson and like um, a point of view on what the implications are. So like scientifically, when you're talking about a tool like this and assessment to be more specific, um, you know, an assessment needs, to, there needs to be assurances that assessment is measuring 
you know, in our case, traits um, accurately across subgroups, right? And the good thing is there's there's ways to test that. Um, and that's something that we've done and we've used third parties to, to validate um, uh, and do those studies as well to ensure that we're not seeing differences among subgroups in terms of how the tool works and the types of, you know, the, the results that it produces. Uh, and then there's that uh, kind of layperson point of view, like most people out there when they think of bias, is is mainly uh, concerned with the outcome, right? So mm -hmm. if you're using a tool, um, are certain subgroups, um, you know, benefiting from that more than others? Um, and so those both both those different ways to look at it are important, and we do check both of those things. Um, so, you know, just to back up a little bit, um, when you're looking at psychometric testing, which has been around for a long time, one of the 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 nice things about psychometric testing in general um, over the years is that, you know, things like personality traits and, and other non-cognitive traits um, uh, don't show material subgroup differences, right? So this is one area where, um, you know, you between um, racial groups and, and gender, uh, you're seeing, you know, pretty, a pretty stable um, uh, scoring across the board. Right. So you're not saying that, hey, you know, uh, men like outperform women on on personality tests. Right. That that's not that's not the case for most scientifically back psychometric testing. Mm -hmm. So we're starting with a type of assessment that is already shown to be um, um, that doesn't show to have issues with bias. Right. So when we take the AI component and, and automate that and, and add algorithms to that, um, you know, it's been our job to ensure that that's not adding bias into that framework. And that's something that we've been testing rigorously. Um, and, and we have the benefit of having a lot of data from, you know, former customers and other, um, uh, and other channels uh, to ensure that these results aren't measuring groups differently. And mm -hmm. so I think, and that's why I think that New York City rule is important is because it's going to require organizations that use these tools to have a third party independent um, do these types of audits on a regular basis to ensure that's not happening. So I think, um, you know, that's how we we're addressing um, the concern. And I think that's uh, how regulation is going to help ensure that all vendors who are being used um, at first in New York City um, to ensure that's not happening. So um, uh, and I, I and I think. Um, you know, these audits need to follow EEOC guidelines. I'm sure new guidelines will be uh, implemented um, uh, that are more aligned with the uh, with what we're dealing with in the AI space. But um, but I think we're we're on the right track in general as an industry. Well, and and you know, to to take it back down to really the foundation of of good HR practices and good hiring practices and that sort of thing. Oh my God, I'm going to almost date myself and sound like <laughs> a, 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 a HR lady that I am, but it's, um, it is still, and always is incumbent upon the employer to, um, you know, adhere to the type of practices that are a not illegal, uh, but also to, even if they're not required, you know, the, 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 the guidelines I always like to cite, which is 
which is the, you know, my HR mantra, right? But the uniform guidelines on employee selection procedures, while not legally binding, they truly are guidelines, but encompass all of the, um, all of the aspects of, um, you know, EEO law and, and these sorts of things. And yes, some are very government contractor specific. Obviously, this is U.S. only. Um, but it, you know, an employer that's kind of paying attention to that and looking for disparate impact and making sure that their practices and selection procedures are fair and equitable and compliant with, with laws, you know, they're going to be doing that anyway. And now we're just adding in a different way, a different component to the, those selection procedures. So, you know, I think HR folks and, and, and TA teams and whomever don't have to get really freaked out about it. Um, you know, to your point, Will, it's, you know, get it, get independent audits, continue to look at these, this use of these new tools the same way you did 30 years ago when it was paper and pen, you know, <laughs> um, and, and if you just build that into your, your role as, you know, the architect, the HR architect of your, of your hiring and selection procedures, it's not overwhelming to really do that. And, and I think that that's, that's kind of like a big learning, I think that a lot of HR folks need is, you know, don't freak out because you think it's gonna add all this work. If you've got a solid right. shop, this, this will enhance, not diminish. That, Get off my soapbox now. That was pretty well said, Robin. Uh, you, you should stay on that soapbox, you're on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we're we're actually uh, we're actually running out of time. So you wound down just at the right moment here. Um, so, Will, first of all, I want to thank you for being a guest on Drive Through HR. I thought the information you shared was uh, very interesting, and I mm -hmm. think I think it will be very helpful to our listeners. So, thanks for doing that. Um, I hope you continue to get better from your uh, struggles here with, with the with for the last week or so. And. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. And and to wrap up, if you could just uh, uh, tell people wh whatever you're willing to share, where they could reach out to you if they want to get in touch with you or how they could contact your company or find out more information about your services, just kind of give us your socials or emails or whatever you whatever works for you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. And uh, yeah, so our website is uh, talentselect.ai. Um and uh, so you can contact us through the website. You can contact me directly at uh, will.rose, that's R-O-S-E, at talentselect.ai. And uh, I'd love to hear from anyone that has any uh, follow-up questions about anything we discussed. Awesome. Well, thanks for, thanks for doing the show here on Drive Through HR. We're recording, obviously, at the second, but it'll be posted a little bit later this afternoon, and I'll send you guys the links. Robin, it was great to, to do a show with you again. It's been a minute. I and know. And, and it was fun. So I, uh, I'm going to say goodbye to everyone and hope you have a great rest of the week. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch -ch -chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.